1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on TV slash gold. Folks, this is... Our first episode in the series featuring Jim from the Hotwire. We've been talking about that over the last couple of episodes. And so I've been sitting here with Jim for the last uh, 30 minutes, going through all of his slides, going through his presentation. There's a lot of material to cover. This episode, we are going to focus on the climate change hoax. And Jim is going to show you why that, in fact, is just a giant hustle. And then eventually, over the next several episodes in this series, we're going to show you the importance of this and what the outcome is going to be. And as you know, I've been tying this into the original documents coming out of the technocracy going back to 1919, 1933, 1942. And it all plays in, folks. All these different sectors from finance to the supply chains to transhumanism to science and engineering, they all lead up to what is this prison planet control system this matrix that they are driving us into so let's get started right away folks because jim has a lot to cover here and i told him if he wanted to be on the dust and gold standard he was going to have to wear a pair of sunglasses and he's over there munching on his popcorn how are you today jim i'm good how are you i'm doing great sir (laughs) yeah we are waiting on the baby patiently my wife is over at the YMCA right now at an aqua class trying to uh wow. naturally induce labor. Next up is a gallon of castor oil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brought so by Jim, the Rockefeller's.
1: Yeah. So Jim, so Jim, you've been on uh Yeah, exactly. You've you've been on the uh Hot Wire with Mike Moore an extension of the Thomas Paine podcast. Um you're going to be back on there again soon. Why don't you give the audience uh, your background as it pertains to the information that you're going to present? Yeah, good. So
0: um, I was a CPA out of college and then just a couple of years in that and then went into financial advice, which was really stock brokering back in the mid 90s, uh, which morphed into financial planning, financial advice. Um, after oh eight, oh nine, when I figured out they were freaking lying to us. And thankfully, I was seeking you know alternative investments anyway, so we didn't get hosed. Um, I'm like, this, this is rigged. This is a casino. We're not going to win. We can't beat BlackRock. So I started looking for alternatives. I found oil and gas royalties and have been in that business since 2010. But now, with all this green stuff we're going to talk about, I, I started looking into like, okay, is oil and gas royalties going to go away? Um, I certainly don't want to bring investments to people that's going to go away in 10 years, nor do I want my business being a business that's going to go away in 10 years either. So that's when I started digging into all this stuff. My gut told me, no, it's, it's not real. The green, the green grift. <clears throat> of course, I found the documents because they like to tell us what they're doing in reality.
1: Um, so that's what we're going to go through. All right, and then, uh, you know, we've been talking over the last week as we've been putting together uh, the outline, which you did a fantastic job. We'll share that as we go along because it's really detailed. There's something like 30 charts to look at. We've got seven or eight PDFs. Uh, and then just so the audience knows, too, because Mike Moore over at the Thomas Paine Podcast, he had Catherine Austin Fitz on at least once, mm-hmm. maybe a couple of times. So you also go to, uh, you know, conferences and stuff featuring her John Titus I mean you follow this stuff obviously for your business and now it's also become sort of an addiction as it is for most people out there that are studying right. the the grift and the scams and trying to figure out what the future looks like and one of the things I talk about here on the show is try to understand the history at least recent history then you could start to put together the pieces and understand why we are where we are today and then figure out we're going in the future so whether you're doing that for your business or your personal life so so you're trying to figure out how to avoid this stuff, or how to make a profit off it, or whatever it may be. Everybody's going to have uh, different reasons for trying to understand what's coming. Obviously, you just said for your business, you had to understand the future so you don't screw yourself or people that are investing under these uh, investment opportunities that you're offering, right? So, I mean, how, how are those conferences for people that haven't gone to them? Are you learning a lot there?
0: Yeah. Well, let me back up because. When COVID first hit, uh, I like documentaries and document and, and and like podcast anyways. I don't watch mainstream movies. And so I was I was driving and I found this podcast with Catherine Austin Fitz. I'd never heard of her, and she was explaining the COVID and the money takedown and, and where they were going, but at a high level. And I, I was just intrigued. I also after that then started searching for more information. I found Mike and True Pundit. And the whole time going through all that, you know what we went through the last two and a half years, I wasn't sure, was it communism? Was it fascism? Was it so, what was the, what are we looking at? It was kind of a mixture of all of it. I couldn't put my head around it. And then I found Patrick Wood and read his books about technocracy. And I'm just like, oh, that's what this is, right? This <laughs> is technocracy, just rewritten and and so then that was last year I read Patrick Wood's books and then going you know doing the green grift and the deep dive into that stuff it just all
1: the pieces of the puzzle fit together like a glove it's so oh, da-
0: yeah. once you see it
1: yeah definitely and the, and the more and i've been studying the technocracy side for a few years but the deeper you get it's like with anything like you said if you look at fascism if you look at communism then there's all these different branches with inside there there's no really one you know monolith ideology same with technocracy so there's branches this techno populism techno socialism techno fascism i mean in the end it basically all leads to complete and total control by the scientists and engineers and technologists of course back in 1933 when howard scott the founder of technocracy inc really the first like organized effort around technocracy Although they don't call it a political movement, it was a political movement. And so when you look at that stuff, you can see so many parallels to what the WEF is doing, what the UN is doing. It's like they literally stole this guy's playbook. Now, I haven't gotten far enough into it yet with the audience to see if these guys were truly... Benevolent, Like they say, uh, the industrial era was creating a loss in jobs and poverty and starvation. And so let us, the scientists and engineers, just run this whole system. We'll create an abundance of goods and then we'll deliver them to all the people. But then as you do go deeper into Howard Scott's lectures and speeches, he was pretty brash. He basically, at one point, someone asked him, well, what about the people? What if the people don't want this system? He said, well, the people don't matter. If they get an abundance of goods, they'll keep their mouth shut so essentially it's the same authoritarian system that ends up growing out of any ideology it's the circus for the romans yep
0: it's, that's all it is <laughs> yeah and, right. and then so you know, you add in john titus too who's like one of the best experts in explaining what's going on with the commercial banks and the fed and the bis uh, and Richard Vernon on top of that so you you watch those two as well you put them together with what you're doing and what Mike's doing and what Catherine's doing and it all comes together like it's just like ah the lights the
1: light shines and the yeah. light bulb goes off right i mean that exactly that's what i've been saying to people this is not a bunch of Like organic pieces that just happen to be floating around and making your life miserable. Now that the strings are being pulled uh, at the top and we talked about it on the phone the other day and I tried to sort of sum it up uh, yesterday in the first segment of the episode uh, 79. It's basically designed at the top and then they hand out all of of these marching orders to the various think tanks and committees and university projects that they have strategically placed around the world. And they say like, okay, you're going to be working on Part A. You're going to be working on Part B. You're going to be working on Part C. The amazing part is, and I think we're going to uncover this over these uh, several episodes, is that for the majority of the people, the worker bees that actually put this stuff together, and have to implement it, they're all bribed by money. You know, money, and then they have perceived power. Some of them and control, and that's why they put these guys in these positions. But they can bribe ninety, the ninety-nine percent. If the one percent's in control, the ninety-nine percent are below. They're part of the worker bee class. The worker bees go to work and build it because they're getting a paycheck. I mean, we saw the scientists and engineers uh, and doctors throughout COVID land. The high school theater production. They all got in line and got on board with this because they're getting grants from the government through the universities they're getting commissions they're getting uh, paid by the drug companies so i mean to me that part's easy but you obviously can start to see why this takes them so long a lot of people will say you know why don't they just implement cbdc tomorrow if they're going to do it I mean, to build the infrastructure, to architect this whole thing, to get every country, uh, every region, every state in the United States on board, that's a lot of work. I mean, it is a lot of work because you do have to get different everyone currencies, in Different different laws. Right. It's a lot
0: of work. And we'll yeah. see that in some of the documents as we go down through the show.
1: All right. So what I was thinking is uh, I'm going to pull you up here with your outline that you sent over that's fantastic. So... Do you want to just briefly go through uh, maybe the outline and just explain what we're going to cover over the next couple of hours?
0: Sure. Um, So, yeah, we're going to start talking about the green grift and the climate change conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's a conspiracy. Uh, We have to start there because people need to understand when they're hearing and seeing climate change, climate change, climate change everywhere, that's the propaganda marketing. It's not real. It doesn't mean we're not, like you. I think you mentioned it, we're not polluting the planet. Yeah, we are polluting, but it's not the CO2 uh, climate change that they're talking about that's the problem. So we're going to go through that first. Then uh, we will go through, if you scroll down just a little bit, please. So the next phase is we go through the, uh, keep going, the IMF, the World Bank, the Bank of International Settlements, who they are, what they're up to. Um, and, and how they're how they work in in together, like in cahoots, to to go take all the resources. So we'll show you that, and then after that, then we get into. Uh, keep going. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, right there. So this is the, this is the asset takeover. So we'll talk about green bonds and blue bonds and all this other crap that they're doing to, to basically bribe everybody and take the stuff. Cause massive inflation too. By the way, then we get into CBDC and what it is, how it works, um, what the pro- what they're still working on, what's not done, and how they're gonna how they're gonna get everybody to buy into that, which is basically UBI and all the reasons behind UBI, which is right there. And then we will close with a UN climate report document that puts all this together.
1: Yeah, and let me just say, th- this is really interesting because we've talked about this, but now that I just heard you do it, as I'm looking at the, the uh, outline that I've reviewed, but hearing you say it, it always then triggers stuff in my mind. It's really interesting under this IMF World Bank stuff that you're talking about where they're basically seizing and hijacking all of the resources. That was an instrumental piece of uh, Technocracy Incorporated's plan in which I haven't gotten to yet with the audience. But when these guys talk about taking over the entire... Uh, means of production and distribution of goods and services. What they talk about everything is in terms of energy, an energy certificate. So everything from humans to goods are assigned basically an energy value. I think as we're going to see is the energy certificate idea gets transferred over to carbon credits, which is in play. I don't think a lot of people even realize that the carbon credit stuff already exists. Elon Musk makes a lot of money for Tesla off of carbon credits. And then that will eventually be passed on to us in the form of, you know, CBDC. I, I I mean, maybe you'll get into it. I've looked at it a little bit that in some cases yeah, CBDC is, is tied to carbon credits. But one of the things that I have found a hole in the original plans, and I have thousands of pages of lectures and documents and white papers from Technocracy Incorporated now, I mean, written by at the time – ingenious like scientists I mean really smart people (laughs) But one of the things is for them to take over all the factories under the governmental structure of technocracy. And they talk about how, uh, you know, one man, one person, they call you a human engine, can only produce X amount of goods per day. Uh, under the system, they can do X, Y, and Z. They actually talk about having to take control. You have to give them control of all the resources. So I think we're going to be able to draw some parallels to. Uh, um, Bank for International Settlements and that original plan that they had their blueprint because we're at this phase now where they are stealing. I mean, they've been doing it for years. We know they've gone into Africa and other places and they steal resources, but this is what it is it's monopolization and consolidation of all the resources. I mean, this is definitely what this phase uh, uh, pulls into that uh, from.
0: Or maybe not all of it, but a significant portion of it to give them control. You know, for example, if you pull up you know any company in the S&P 500 and you look at the top shareholders, your BlackRock might own 10%, State Street might own 10%, Vanguard might own 10%. But that 30% gives those three companies control, right? They don't have to control 100% to control the company. They've got enough control to vote the CEO out, vote the board out.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and I've shown that even with the smaller companies, uh, the tech companies, and things like that, where you take Silicon Valley and uh, InQtel, the CIA's venture firm basically admits to being in at least 500 silicon valley companies now in early seed rounds and then you'll see peter thiel come in you'll see the same 10 venture firms come in in the first round and then you go okay well that company is controlled by these same three guys that are always doing deals yeah. within qtel so at the end of the day right. when they're launching some new version of twitter or something like that it's the same players behind almost every one of these companies i've showed you know instacart the biggest grocery app basically consolidation of the delivery of goods Goods and service or uh, of uh, retail grocery, Um, there's like four different venture firms behind that company that are partnered with IncuTel. You have frictionless shopping that I've covered with Maria Albanese. This is like Israeli defense contractors behind that. (laughs) And you go, what are Israeli defense contractors interested in frictionless shopping for? You know, so you can see that behind these companies, and that's how they go in and they launch and then control these these industries. All right, so and, where do you and, want and to... Uh... And
0: it goes to the banks, you know, and, and we're going to get into this, but you mentioned carbon credits and coming. They've got credit cards now. I think it's over in, in Sweden or Europe, somewhere. It might be Sweden. They've got credit cards that it tracks your spending by carbon. So every, you know juice box you buy for your kid, they've calculated how much carbon, what the carbon footprint is of that juice box and that little teeny tiny straw. And so they're, that's how they're running the credit card. So this stuff is in, I, I think it's a pilot. I don't think it's like, you know, fully operational, but that's where they're going with this. You're right. It's going to be a social credit score via carbon. And yes, it's programmable. We're going to hear it straight from the horse's mouth.
1: Yeah, and let me just say, I read about that test pilot that you're talking about about a week or two ago when I started looking at this stuff myself. They are, and they are testing it out there. And you're exactly right. Now, it make I haven't looked into this, but it makes me wonder. Over the last few years, as we've heard about them putting RFID chips on products that basically run through factories in various phases yeah. of the supply chain, and we were always told, you know, it was to help with logistics and warehousing and help them track the products better along the supply just time, chain. Just in time inventory, right? Yes, and I wonder now if a lot of that, uh, or at least in part, is designed to be able to track uh, so that they can create a carbon value on each of these things, which again, this is no different than the study that was done under the original technocratic scientists where they went and surveyed all of, tried to calculate all the energy used to create all the goods in North America. It's the same thing. They're just changing energy over to carbon, they're just rebranding it as something else. It's, yeah, it's, it's,
0: it's exactly the same thing. Updated for current technology. It's not even rebranding. Yeah. They're calling it something else because of you know they they, they they need the buy-in under carbon because they need the climate change. As we're gonna see, they need the climate change, which is carbon, to indoctrinate everybody <laughs> to believe that it's it's real so that they can roll out CBDC and and blame carbon and the climate change, you know propaganda they can blame it, all the destruction they're going to create on that like they're going to blame it on the, the all the inflation that is written in their documents we're going to see this is written in their documents that they're going to purposely intentionally cause inflation but they're going to blame it on the climate
1: oh definitely i mean just like they created these guys created all the real pollution under you know whether it doesn't really matter what you think about all this yeah, but they create chemical, all the pollution ag, whatever Right. Yeah, I mean, it comes out of the industrial boom, which the technocrats in 1933 take credit for all that. They go, hey, we're the guys who built up the industrial era. Now we need to be in charge of this whole operation. So they create all the pollution, and then they're the guys who also tell you they're the solution uh, today is our technology created the pollution, but we're going to blame it on you because you're the one who goes to the store and buys the water in the petroleum-based bottles that we or the Koch brothers create. Right? You have no other way to buy water in the store other than through their plastic bottles but now you're the polluter for buying the bottles right. that they create and so Except you're the. Chart on that. yes so- we have
0: a chart on that that says we're very we're a little tiny blip and they the elites are big giant chunks of that pollution
1: now now here would be the interesting part along the way as we're going through keep your eye out for this and i will too when i'm looking into the technocracy stuff it'd be interesting to see at what point in their marketing plan that they decided to switch like an energy certificate. Maybe that was too positive uh, of a branding, which is when they switched over to carbon to tie it into climate change. So they figured at some point the marketing was going to be more a fear and scare tactic and guilting and shaming people, you know, by saying you're a polluter and this is why you're going to be assigned carbon credits. They made it a negative marketing instead of the positive where they could have said, oh, this takes this much energy. And then, you know, so now we're going to give you energy certificates maybe they said that was too flowery we'd we're we're just better off scaring the crap out of everyone and guilting and shaming them into accepting this
0: yeah and and they've paint the marketing's been brilliant like right so if if you say anything to somebody on the street that this climate change is a bunch of baloney they're going to be like oh you want to destroy the planet just like the world bank on their website says we want to end poverty but if you if you so that means if you want to be against the world bank you're against for ending poverty it's brilliant marketing it's you have
1: to go along with it just by guilt yeah oh and that's the same way every you know nonprofit organization works like just take you know, whatever breast care uh, breast cancer awareness right so we know they're not solving breast cancer it's a multi-billion dollar industry just like climate just like COVID it's a multi billion dollar industry and so many people are making money off it but if somebody says are you going to the breast cancer march to raise money to end breast cancer and you say no they look at you like you're an evil demon when it's like <laughs> well, what am I going to give money to something that i know isn't actually going to solve the problem yeah it's it, it's brilliant marketing got to give it yeah. to them. all right so where do you want to uh where do you want to start here on this uh outline let's start with the documentary the
0: great global warming swindle and by the way people this was not made by some uh you know dude in his basement this was made by the bbc <laughs> back in like 2007 2008. And so the things that stood out to me, Dustin, I know I had you watch it and I didn't tell you or send you this ahead of time. Uh, I sent you this this documentary to watch because I wanted you to see what stood out to you. And so these are the bullet points that stood out to me. The first thing that stood out was CO2 is only 0.054% of the atmosphere. And by the way, folks, these scientists that are being interviewed in this documentary, all of them worked on the IPCC climate change 2000 scientists agree that we heard in the media nonstop when Al Gore was going around doing his movie thing. They all worked on it, but they didn't agree. And so these scientists are not just somebody at some podunk university in the middle of nowhere. These are real scientists doing real studies and and, and, and they're experts in their field. So when they're telling us it's 0.054% of the atmosphere, and then they go through and explain where it actually comes from, of course, there's humans do create some through industrial waste, uh, as you mentioned, Dustin. And the next level up is dying vegetation. I think, you know, the leaves fall every every uh, every autumn. They fall to the ground. They turn into carbon. Animals die. Volcanoes emit. If I if I remember correctly from what the the, the documentary, ten times the amount of CO2 than all human industrial production combined it comes from volcanoes every year. And then above that way above the volcanoes in terms of percentage of co2 comes from the oceans well i don't hear anybody talking about we got to you know stop the oceans from emitting co2 to save the planet have you ever heard that
1: i've never heard that jim do not give them any ideas (laughs) (laughs) pretty soon they're going to be taxing the fish (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) right that that great white shark's got to go he's too big (laughs) <laughs> this carbon footprint is too big. So, you know, and then there's hundreds of these studies that they showed that, that it's just CO2 actually rises and falls following temperature changes, not the other way around. But yet all the media beats into our brains is that CO2 goes up and we've caused it to go up. And so the, the global warming temperature has gone up, which is the exact opposite. And I'm not saying that these scientists say that in this documentary. And then, of course, they've got the same Fauci funding model, right? If they want research grants for some study at university, they got to play ball. So a lot of them don't speak out. You know, That's really what stood out for me in that documentary, along with the charts we're going to show people. I don't know what stood out for you.
1: No, I well, first off, like I had said yesterday in the opening segment of the show, over the years, uh, when I got interested in politics, or at least in political activism, Uh, starting to realize that the world operated different than I wanted to believe it did. Uh, you know, climate change was already Growing back then, I never got into it Because I just didn't buy into it Because at the time it was the left wing That was pushing it and sort of Building the, at that at that point Back in 07, 08, they were at the beginning of Building the religion around climate change And creating the activist groups And starting to brainwash the kids Because they always go after the, the Next generation, just like now they're pumping All the transhumanist stuff into the children You know, people like you and I will never Really accept it, but the kids are growing up learning to accept it so what i saw in there and, and as i said to the audience i didn't really watch a lot of this stuff over the years because one i'm not really that into science unfortunately now i've stumbled into technocracy and have to talk about it but i was like i just don't buy this stuff at the time it was like half the scientists were saying it was real half were saying it wasn't all the ones that were getting government grants at the universities were the guys who were saying it was real and then in this documentary that's that's basically what I pulled out of it. Was you were seeing a lot of these guys talking about um, the truth, and and this is what I mentioned at the beginning of the show. We talked about on the phone uh, first, which is why I brought it up yesterday. Was that they created an entire one the religion, but two the industry, and right. it makes total sense because you're the one who brought it up to me and said, "Listen, the EV cars." The solar panels the windmills you know all the green products they're real they're real they're putting up windmills all over texas i saw some when i was actually in poland mm-hmm. but that's all part of the marketing to make it look like climate change is really a problem and there's actually people working to fight it and there's products that are working to fight it but along the way they end up creating an entire industry, billions and billions and billions of dollars around it. So now normal people, regular people, average middle-class people's income uh, and investments rely on this climate change industry to stay in existence. They cannot burst the bubble. It's too big to fail now. So even if there was some benevolent dictator that rose up who came out to a microphone who had the power to say, listen, my name is Jim from the Hotwire. This is a hoax. It's a hustle. We scammed everybody. There's the, the the what we talk about is pollution is a lie. There's no real climate change tied to what we talk about. The science is bogus. And on top of it, all of you that have been working in this industry for years, whether you print uh tree hugger bumper stickers, duped. yeah, you've all been duped. You did get to make money, but this whole industry is ending tomorrow they can't do that how many people are relying on the industry so what happens I think is you end up having buy in from all these people that are involved and then everyone who relies on them for money so you have kids and spouses and everything else you have a huge population that's now bought into this this is just on the financial side and so this industry cannot be destroyed now which allows the power brokers the social engineers the prison planet wardens to walk you into whatever they want so if they say at some point. Well, the next... Uh, phase is that we have to issue not just carbon credits to companies we have to do this with people in the form of CBDC or whatever else these people are going to go along with it because they have to go along with it and there'll be some financial incentive like they'll say well you know you've been in this industry if you help market this if you're an influencer behind this if you help push this forward you'll get bonus tokens or you'll get commissions it'll operate basically like a pyramid scheme a multi-level marketing scheme I mean you can like- See the opportunities here. Now, a bribe I, I that you don't know is a bribe. Exactly, it is. And and the, and the other thing I pulled out of the documentary, and I'll just make this point to people. Yes, the guys at the top of the food chain, at the top of the pyramid scheme, are always going to make money, whether it's COVID or it's climate change. So when you look at the Bushes, when you look at Al Gore, these guys that sit on the uh, IPCC, of course they're raking in the big bucks. They're the crime family. But to me, for those guys, it's more than just money. Because at the end of the day, the money's fake. If we don't accept the money, if we don't accept dollars, they're worthless so they could right. say they're worth Build a trillion splash. dollars but if we don't take the money what's a trillion dollars so if they're making money but it's also about the power and control and at the end of the day i just see this being uh driving us into this technocratic system now climate change is just one thing but this is amazing because this obviously controls the entire financial sector i mean that's it they take over the entire economy with this thing